0: Hey, it's Beaver Pelt from Nova Scotia, and this is a big shout-out to
1: Adam, and you're listening to Podcacher.
2: This show is sponsored by the FTF Geocacher magazine, a must-subscribe for all geocachers.
0: This full-color, glossy magazine is released every two months and is chock-full of stories, articles, pictures, instruction, humor, milestones,
2: and more. Sign up today at FTFGeocacher.com.
1: This is the Podcaster Podcast, the
2: podcast all about geocaching.
0: We consistently deliver high quality, family friendly shows that are informative, inspirational, and entertaining. Welcome to the show.
2: I'm Sonny. And I'm Sandy. From sunny San Diego, California. Welcome to Podcaster. This show is packed with geocaching goodness, news,
0: tips and tricks, and tools of the trade. Also, interviews, geocaching events, and stories from
2: around the world. You can find show notes with links mentioned on the show and a lot more geocaching goodies at podcacher.com. So, with that, let's get on, on with the, the show. show. Hey there, hello, and welcome to another podcaster Podcast.
0: We are glad you're here with us for show 723 for August 17th, 2020.
2: And we hope you had a chance to go caching this last week if conditions are caching favorable in your neck of the world, <laughs> or neck of the woods, or
0: area, a, of, area the of the world. <laughs>
2: Whatever, how do you say it? neck of the neck of the area?
0: I don't know. It was it was a very hot weekend here where we live. It was
2: really 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 warm.
0: And we we headed to the coast because as you go toward the water, it gets a bit cooler. Mm-hmm. Cooler and so weather.
2: Did, and so did everybody else in yes. Southern California, apparently.
0: And we were also going to do some geocaching for International Geocaching Day. That was cool. Which is this weekend. Mm-hmm. And we recorded some audio for you that we're going to share um, later in the. Shop.
2: Yeah, but before we get to that, we want to clarify what we said about temperature, and we know many of you live in the Celsius world, mm-hmm. and we sometimes forget that we have listeners all around the world. We try to remember the, the, the conversion, but sometimes we do forget. So when we said it was close to 100 degrees Fahrenheit, that's about 38 degrees Celsius or so, and the temperature is out in the desert where my brother lives when I said it's about 116 uh, degrees Fahrenheit is about 47 degrees Celsius. So that, that'll give you some idea of the heat and it is pretty warm.
0: It is. And I just have to say that I cannot convert Fahrenheit to Celsius in my head.
2: No, and it's not I, that easy.
0: I have to look it up. So if you guys can't convert Celsius to Fahrenheit, I totally get that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why we usually try to say both. We, we uh, try to. But this time we forgot.
2: Yeah. But even with all that forgetting and non-conversion going on, we have a great show planned for you today. We're going to celebrate International Geocaching Day with some audio from out in the field.
0: And we're also going to chat about some creative travel bugs from a listener. Mm -hmm.
2: And we're going to hear about a family adventure challenge. And some listener creativity
0: on a cool, cool cache and much more.
2: All right. Well, first up, reducing location tracking risks in the news.
0: Geocaching and GPS News. First up in geocaching and GPS-related news, we heard about this article from listener Astronaut.
2: Yeah, and uh, here's the article. NSA releases a guide to reduce location tracking risks. The United States uh, uh, National Security Agency, the NSA, published a new guide to warn of risks posed by location services for a staff who work in defense or national security, and it might be something that all of us Who use smartphones should be aware of, at least, and think about. Now, the guide titled Limited Location Data Exposure warns of geolocation features implemented by smartphones, tablets, and fitness trackers. The agency reminds the staff that the location data are extremely valuable information that must be properly protected. It can reveal position of individuals, users, supply movements, and daily routines, among others. The exposure of such data is especially critical for personal intelligence agencies and defense. The guide pointed that such location devices may have been designed to store or transmit location data even when the location settings or all wireless capabilities have been disabled now that's something that's kind of spooky right, right?
0: if you have that disabled or you or, know then how yeah, can that still work? <laughs> yeah,
2: and if you turn off all wireless capabilities <laughs> uh-huh. that's interesting, yeah. mitigations could help reduce but not eliminate location tracking risks in mobile devices and in many cases, users rely on features. Disabled by such mitigations, making safeguards impractical. Now, the guide includes multiple mitigations, including turning off radios when not in use, disabling features like Find My Phone, and using VPN. While, uh, While it may not always be possible to completely prevent the exposure of location information, it's possible to reduce the amount of location data shared. Uh, The guide continues, awareness of the ways in which such information is available is the first step. And we're going to put a link on our show notes so you can go check it out for yourself. And this is something that, you know, as over time, right? I mean, the iPhone came out in uh, 2007. And Mm -hmm. so we're, what, over 13 years into this? Uh And it has slowly changed over time and you know a lot of people just click accept on on many many things without even really thinking about it yeah like do i
0: want my location to be known and shared well
2: and a lot of times it's got some great advantages right i mean you want your location to be shared uh to the service for for many reasons and your maps wouldn't work if you didn't but then there's this sort of sinister aspect of it that the data can be used and sometimes um even though you gave um rights to do it. Permission. You you may not have, yeah, you gave permission Mm -hmm. to it. You may not have known that you've given permission to it. So something to consider and think about. You know, we want to be able to locate things like geocaches by using (laughs) GPS, but we don't necessarily want ourselves to be located by other things in a nefarious way. All right. For more information, go check out our show notes and we'll put a link so you can go check it out for yourself. (laughs) First up in podcaster email, we hear from Goblin Camper 2004.
0: They wrote to Sunny, Sandy, and Sean. This last weekend, we took a drive from St. George, Utah to Bryan Head Peak in Iron County, about an hour and 40 minutes away. We were FTF on a new cache in Leeds, Utah, and we found a cache inside the visitor center at the Cedar Breaks National Monument before driving up to Brianhead Head Peak. We found Peekaboo, Brian Head, and it is now our highest elevated cache at 11,276 feet. Nice. The temperature was a lot cooler at Brianhead Head Peak, only in the mid-60s as compared to the triple-digit heat here in St. George. Oh, nice. It was a nice drive. It was quite enjoyable. Thanks for the great podcast. And keep on caching. And you can read about our geocaching adventure on our Facebook page, and we'll put that link.
2: All right. Uh, next up, we hear from listener and club member Randall H. about a recent trip. Let's take a listen.
1: Hello, podcaster. This is Randall H. And rafting mama from from Placerville, Placerville, California. California. We want to tell you about a trip that we took this summer to visit our Marine Corps son in North Carolina and his family, including our four grandkids and his beautiful wife. And we visited 22 states, went a total of 10,005 miles, visited seven national parks, We found 164 caches, and those caches had 20,176 favorite points. 37 of those caches were earth caches. We found the oldest caches in Utah, North Carolina, Missouri, Indiana, and Colorado. And one of the highlights was that we spent three days in West Virginia and did WV Tim's Gadget GeoTour, which we highly recommend. That was a lot of fun, and Tim is a great guy. We got to talk with him several times on the phone when we got stumped, and he was very willing to help. Uh, one of the things we did is we finished our Jasmine challenge, and that's what we did by finding those oldest caches, and those include Terryall and Potter's Pond and Turkey Run and Watts Mill. Those were all some of the old caches that we found. And we also did the Pony Express Challenge. And that's based in St. Joseph, Missouri, which is where the Pony Express started. And we live in Placerville, which is very near the western end of the Pony Express route. And we found a geocache in every state that the Pony Express went through that is related to the Pony Express. They were usually Pony Express stations. And then we found the final in St. Joseph, Missouri at the Pony Express Museum, which was one of the big highlights. We also climbed the highest peak east of the Mississippi, which is Mount Mitchell, which is 6,684 feet. We laugh at that because we have passes across the Sierra a few miles from our house that are taller than that tallest mountain. And it was actually a pretty easy walk to the top. We also drove to the top of Pikes Peak at 14,000 plus feet. And uh, we just had a great time. We camped out of the back of our pickup truck. We set up a tent every night and and Uh, just enjoyed our time stopping in those national parks and state parks and national monuments and a whole bunch of other stuff so anyway it was a great trip and we highly recommend it we particularly recommend the west virginia gadget tour and we just thought we would tell you about it thank you much
0: All right. Thanks so much for calling that in. That sounded like a really amazing trip.
2: That is cool. Hey, by the way, uh, we would love if you would send us an email at podcacher at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Send us a rant, a rave, a review, a roving report, or just say hi and let us know how you're doing in your part of the world. All
0: right. Let's head out to Sunny and Sandy in the field, (laughs) kicking off their International Geocaching Day.
2: Hey guys, we are down here, as you can tell from the audio probably uh, down near some water and we are actually out in Mission Bay once again, one of our favorite spots and we're here for a couple of reasons, one, it's exceedingly hot, they've got all sorts of heat warnings in San Diego, we're talking above 90, above 100, uh, where my brother lives, it's 116, super hot today and we are down in a cool, breezy, very... Uh, very, very nice temperature right now. And we're out at Mission Bay near Fiesta Island, which is a location that we take Sela to uh, because they've got this huge off-leash dog park and it's uh, bordered by water and the beach. So dogs who who love the water, which is not Sela, like to go into the water. And then there's a lot of beach and then there's a lot of inland. It's a great place. And, And we have not been down here in a really long time, maybe since January or February.
0: I think it's been since February that we've been here because when uh, March hit and the coronavirus happened, they shut this down and the whole island was shut down for the longest time.
2: No access at all.
0: No access at all. It's been open back up for a little while, but it just hadn't uh, worked for us to, to come to this part of Fiesta Island. But we could tell sailor recognized it as we were driving up, yeah, like the for smells, sure. the location. She was really getting excited because she loves this place. Yeah
2: and uh the other reason that we're down here as well besides the incredible climate temperature cool air weather that we're getting right now and taking sailor down here and uh, we're also nearby other places that we love to hang out as well we're going to go do a little skateboarding later is because of geocaching today is going to be a special day because we're going to go after not one not two but we're going after three uh different souvenirs today
0: and First of all, we need to say, happy International Geocaching Day, (laughs) because that's what day it is. In fact, it was a little sad this morning because we were thinking we should have been in Seattle right now, celebrating with many of you guys uh, for International Geocaching Day. But we're gonna find a cache today and of course get that International Geocaching Day souvenir. And in addition, we're working on points toward our um, memory lane souvenirs. We have two of them. And if we get up to 100 points, which we're not far from at all, we will get the third souvenir in that set. And then the other thing is, as as you probably know, they've kicked off the Wonders of the World souvenir promotion. And so in the process of getting some of these other caches, we're gonna hopefully find some of our modern Wonders of the World to get started with that. So it's gonna be a great day.
2: Yep, and uh, Sandy was doing all the research to find uh, ones that had high favorite points and also ones that had the uh, Wonders of the World souvenir. And uh, it's gonna be a great day right now. We we had prepared to experience a hot day today. Uh, We were writing down the uh, air conditioning on and and saying, okay, savor it. But once we stepped out, it's like, this isn't bad. It's the breeze. It's the breeze, Mm -hmm. it's cool. People are out here. Everybody we see right now is social distancing. Um, it's a large area, so it's easy to do that. But there's dogs running in the surf right now. Um, there's jet skis in the water off in the distance. And uh, it, it is beautiful to be out here, especially with this uh, this weather and temperature.
0: That's right. So we are off to uh, give Selah a good long walk uh, before we head out to find some of our caches.
2: All right. Let's see what happens next. All right. And we'll get back to the wrap-up a little bit later on in the show. Now, as we celebrate International Geocaching Day, one of the things that makes geocaching even more enjoyable for some geocachers are trackables. And we heard about this topic from Julie Play D Piano.
0: She wrote and said, hello, four S's. I'd like to share some travel bug memories I started caching in fall 2004. I purchased the book, The Complete Idiot's Guide to Geocaching, and proceeded to devour everything in it. I was especially enchanted with the travel bug chapter and the fact that tagged objects could travel all around the world, complete with mileage, notes, and photos by those who retrieved them. In the book, there was a picture of someone about to parachute out of a plane holding a Darth Vader travel bug, its <laughs> attached metal tag hanging down just before jumping down to Earth. That's great. <laughs> The next year, I opened up the cache to find a travel bug in it. It was like finding the Holy Grail. Mm -hmm. I made a special trip over to my geocaching buddy's house so we could admire the travel bug together. I then was mesmerized with the idea that I could make up my own travel bugs and send them all across the world. The first idea for a travel bug of my own came from the movie Napoleon Dynamite, which had been released the year before. I thought of the character Deb making those boondoggle keychains and selling them door-to-door to to raise money for college. (laughs) Napoleon's reply to her sales pitch was... I already made an infinity of those infinity of those in Scout yeah, Camp. Yeah. I loved making them as a kid, weaving the colorful plastic laces all the way to the end, but never quite figuring out how to end them. So I decided to make ten different travel bugs called I already made an infinity of, infinity of those in Scout Camp 1 through 10.
2: No oh, good. Okay.
0: I started each one attached to the travel bug tag and wove each one about an inch, leaving several feet for the next geocachers to show everyone their killer weaving skills. At the one-inch point, I attached a char- charm on my keychain about something that I liked. For example, treasure box, scrapbooking, cats, guitar art. Then I rubber banded each one all up and my geocaching buddy, Teresa, and I distributed them in caches near and far. On the webpage, I encouraged everyone to add a charm of something that they loved, including a favorite quote from the movie. Maybe post a photo and reminding them to don't forget to vote for Pedro. (laughs) (laughs) Within a few months, pictures started rolling in from all over with geocachers showing off their own attached charm before sending it on its way. It didn't take long before I was getting photos of pretty long keychains full of charms. Years later, many from this series have disappeared, but other keychains show up at events to be discovered. I have received so much enjoyment from following the adventures of these keychains. That's cool. And that came from Julie played to Piano from Roseville, California. And we'll put links on the show notes to some of those uh, travel bugs so you can check them out for yourself.
2: Yeah, you know, it's been a while since we talked about travel bugs on this show. But if that's one aspect of geocaching that you haven't already explored... I mean, if you've been a geocacher for any length of time, you've probably run into travel bugs mm-hmm. and, and know how they work and everything. But have you actually sent out a travel bug into the wild? Because, you know, after talking to some geocachers, some some just haven't done that. Maybe they're looking for a creative way of putting it out there. Um, and we've we've heard of lots of different ideas of what they do with travel bugs. Sometimes it's it's putting out um, a, like a memorabilia that, that goes out there or maybe a race. We've mm-hmm. done that before. Mm-hmm. Um, or trying to get it to a location. That's a very common thing as well. Yeah. I remember the first time I kind of had the same experience that Julie did, which is, you know, the first time you run into a travel bug, you're like, wow, what's this? And then you go online and find out where it is and, and all that. So where it's
0: been. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But but I do have to say that when I put out my first travel bugs, it was pretty neat for me to kind of see where it's going. Because uh-huh. I know this thing that was in my hands is now in France or in Germany uh-huh. or some other location. And it's it's all the way out there. So if you haven't, we encourage you. It it doesn't cost a lot. I mean, the travel bug little tag costs costs a few dollars. But uh, once it gets out there, you're going to find yourself in anticipation of like, where is it now? Where is mm-hmm. it? The only disappointing thing is, and we've talked about this in the show before, is sometimes they do get lost.
0: They do. Sometimes they go missing, and you just got to be, re- be prepared for that. <laughs> yeah, it is
2: not. It is not the postal service, so mm-hmm. it can it can get lost <laughs> in, in the transition. All right. Hey, thanks for that little story there. And uh, yeah, you can go check out our notes and find out these travel bugs. We'll, we'll all list them all, so you can go take a look to see where they are.
0: Next up, we heard about a family adventure challenge that you might be interested in doing.
2: All right. said, hey, Sunny and Sandy, this is Derek Baker Six Clan from Behind the Cache YouTube channel. My kids have a YouTube channel called The Nano Kids who give out a monthly family adventure challenge. And this fun challenge is great for the whole family. I'm including a link to this month's video. Thanks for everything you do for this great hobby of geocaching. Keep it up. And this month's challenge is to find a nano cache this time, right? Mm -hmm. So each month is a different, the challenge is a little different, like doing an adventure lab, finding a cache with 10 or more favorite points, or showing your sneaky LPC (laughs) grab. Be sure to check it out. We'll put links on our show notes so you can go check it out.
0: Yeah, you can check out the Nano Kids channel and their uh, family adventure challenges if you want to do that with your family, Mm -hmm. as well as the Behind the Cache YouTube channel as well, which has some great content.
2: Because of our recent incentives, we've had several Podcaster listeners step up and financially support this show and are the newest members of the Podcaster Club. We want to send out a huge thanks to our club members who are the ones who provide the funds that allow us to keep on podcasting each and every week. Thank you for being part of your Podcaster family.
0: And Podcaster is supported by real geocachers just like you. Like Ethan, also known as Forest Ghost from Missouri, Simon, aka T. Mojito from Denmark, Mike and Julie, Mike and Julie from Colorado, mm-hmm. Corey, a.k.a. The Caching Dead from Texas, and Gary, also known as Wet Coaster, from Canada. And these are everyday geocachers just like you who've chosen to step up and support our work to craft and create the geocaching goodness we bring you. You can join them today at podcacher.com slash club to get
2: all the club member perks. Now, if you haven't before, won't you consider joining the Podcaster Club? Being a club member, you can rest easy knowing that you're helping support our efforts to bring the geocaching world great content, and you have our most sincere thanks and appreciation. And don't forget, there are extra rewards being offered right now. You can get all the details at podcacher.com slash cluboffer2020.
0: All right, let's head back out to us for the wrap-up of our International Geocaching Day.
2: Hey guys, it is still hot. It's super hot, (laughs) but we wanted to follow up on how we did today Um, So we did end up going to the dog park. Sayla had a great time Mm -hmm. She was running around out there. Actually. She's right near us right now, but she uh, had a great time But near the end she started slowing down I I think she realized she had a lot of space to run around and not as much energy as she might have come into it 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 was a great temperature out there. In fact, um you know, because of the ocean breeze and and everything that was going on out there, we decided hey let's go and see if we can find one of the caches that would be able to help establish uh one of one of the souvenirs
0: right well, any cache that we found uh was going to give us the uh, international geocaching day right and um but then we also specifically i was i picked out caches that were ten or more favorite points because then that gives you ten points toward the uh not wonders of the world. The memory lane. Memory lane. Yeah. <laughs> so many things going on right now. It's getting confusing. Hmm. So I had I had one idea of a puzzle cache that we had actually already solved, and that was really close to the dog park um although there had been several dnfs but i thought you know what let's give it a try if not i had a backup plan and it was amazing after we went like over that sand berm Mm -hmm. to get over to where the cache was the um, wind the breeze the breeze stopped blocked and it was hot it felt like it went up 20 degrees (laughs) easily yeah so we did some searching um as much as we could endure in the heat and and then knowing that it had been dnf'd multiple times we decided you know what Let's forget this one and go try to find that other one.
2: (laughs) So we went off, went to the dog park, did a little bit more, uh, walking around and eventually went to a backup that Sandy had uh, prepared.
0: Right. And this one I knew it had been found recently. There were no DNFs. Um, it actually had a hint if we wanted to use it. The other one didn't have a hint. I always love having a hint as a backup. You know, we try not to use it at first, but I like having it there as a backup if we really get into trouble. And, um... And we found it yay yay so that got us our souvenir for the day and it also oh and then so wonders of the world um i think it was christ the redeemer so we got the first little uh you know mark on our passport the uh, the personal stamp on our passport Mm -hmm. and we got 10 more points um toward the memory lane. Yeah. And then it was time for lunch. <laughs> and then it was time for lunch. We were
2: all hungry, and we had heard from friends of ours at a location at, okay, so the place is called Liberty Station. Long ago, it was called Naval Training Center, and it's changed, and, but we heard about a an eatery, a large eatery called, what was it, Liberty Station Liberty Public Market. Public Market. And uh, it's an indoor where you buy it, but you, you buy the food, but then you go outdoors to eat, and, uh, you know, everybody's spaced out with mask and everything like that but uh this the first time we had gone and we can recommend it if you come yeah. out here to san diego and end up going to liberty station which has got a lot of cool stuff we skateboarded around there a little bit as well mm-hmm. but there's a place called public market a wide variety wide variety of really cool food so we grabbed some lunch uh, had had that to sitting down in the shade mm-hmm. and then did a little bit of skateboarding and then decided hey We ought to go find another cache here in, in near Liberty Station
0: Yeah, I had scoped that out too I knew we didn't have a lot of time because we had a, a late afternoon engagement So we had to get back, but I had also found some more uh, ten point or more uh, Geocaches mm-hmm. so we could get um, that the additional ten points. I also made sure I had a different wonder of the world um,
2: uh, icon, icon in here. it,
0: stamp in it, because um, I didn't want to be stuck with two of the same one. And this one had Chichen Itza, nice. which is really cool because it's a place I've actually been mm-hmm. <laughs> years ago. I went with a friend down to the Yucatan Peninsula. Amazing site. So we were able to find that one, get another thing on our, our Wonders of the World, and we also got enough points on the memory lane that we got the next, uh, the third souvenir in Yay. that one. So it was a very successful day. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so it's a, it was been a good day and then found everything that we needed to find that day, got mm-hmm. our accomplishments, got, got away from the really uh, warm weather that's near our house and got to some cool places down in San Diego. Yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, thanks for coming along with us on our little adventures there. And uh, back to Sunny and Sandy in the studio. Well, thank you, Sonny and Sandy, from out there in San Diego. We are back here in the studio now, as you could probably hear, and it is hot.
0: It is still hot. It is. Stuffy
2: in our little studio. In our, but you know what? That's okay. We suffer for you guys. We This is the kind of thing we do, even as hot as it is in our studio. Dripping sweat. Dripping sweat to put out great geocaching content for you guys. All right. It's now time for a cool, cool creative cache. This cache is so cool it makes permafrost look like an Amazon jungle. Hitchhikers are holding up pictures of thumbs. People have chipped a tooth eating soup and are getting brain freeze just thinking about this cache. This cache is cool, cool, baby, cool.
0: <laughs> it's cool, honey. Cool. <laughs> All right. We recently heard from Barb, also known as Scrabblehounds, with a creative idea for a geocache. She was planning to make a front porch geocache at her home inside an old mailbox. And she was seeking permission to use our logo, as well as other geocaching podcasts, vloggers, etc. And she wanted to place the images on the outside of the geocache and hide the lock combination within the pictures. Mm. Well, we heard back from her when the cache was published and she sent some pictures and you should check them out in the Flickr photo set. They're cool. It is very cool. cool. The cache is called Lexair <laughs> TV hotel and it's in Pennsylvania and it's a very cool and colorful geocache mm-hmm. with all the logos on it. Mm-hmm. And it looks like a lot of fun to visit.
2: It, it does. It is very, there is no doubt. I mean, I guess a muggle walking by might just wonder why there's so many stickers on this mailbox. Right. But it is no doubt to a geocacher, especially those who are aware of all these geocaching podcasts and mm-hmm. what it is going to be about. Right. So it'd be interesting. And then you can see all the little numbers around it mm-hmm. that must how somehow describe a way to un- undo the padlock. Right. Yeah. Right. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for sending that one in. Go take. We encourage you listening to this podcast, take a look at the pictures from our show notes. It might inspire you to put a cool, cool cache like this somewhere in your area. Cacher. Games and contest. Here at podcaster we love to play games and contests. It gives you the opportunity to win. Groovalicious swag.
0: Well, in addition to our fall 2020 promotion for new club members that we mentioned before, remember all the details are at podcaster.com/cluboffer2020. We wanted to kick off a new giveaway, mm-hmm. so we have two trackables from Cash Tour, donated by Wendy, also known as Tw- Twilaire, who was on our show a few months ago yeah. talking about Cash Tour. So to enter the drawing to win one of the trackables, all you have to do is record an intro for the show and send it to us. Yes. So even if you've been featured on the show before. You can still send in an intro to get into the drawing. So the intro sounds like this. You say, hi, this is your caching name mm-hmm. from your location. Yep. And you're listening to podcaster yep. So for location, you can use city, state or province, country, or whatever you want. Mm-hmm. So it would sound something like this. Hi, this is Mickey Mouse from Disneyland. And you're listening to Podcaster
2: Wouldn't it actually sound like this? if <laughs> it was Mickey
0: Mouse? <laughs> <laughs> You're right, honey. You okay. want to do the Mickey Mouse dance? No. <laughs>
2: So, yeah, you know, one of the thing, reasons we need to collect uh, intros for the show is we use one for every single show. Mm-hmm. And when we've gone to um, events. Especially the big events. Especially yeah. the big events. We'll collect a lot of them there face to face. People will line up and we'll just have the recorder one right after the other. Well,
0: it's and we haven't been, been to any big events. I'm so sad. It is. <laughs> and in
2: fact, we were planning on collecting a lot mm-hmm. of uh, new intros when we were going to go up to Seattle and and, and Canada. We
0: would have been in Seattle right now. Uh,
2: Right now. (laughs) Seriously. I
0: bet it would have been cooler, too.
2: Cool. (laughs) Yeah. And and so we're going to ask our virtual community out there to help us out with the... the, And not only, you know, it's a win-win. Not only do we get the intros that we can use on the show, you'll get featured for the beginning of the show, and you can have a chance to win these two trackables from Cash Tour.
0: So you can record it on your smartphone and then just email it to us. Yeah. Or you can call it into our hotline, and that's 760-300-3633. And another easy way is to use SpeakPipe, which you can find at podcaster.com slash speak. And we're happy to get intros from you anytime, but in order to get into the drawing for the trackables, we need to hear from you by September 4th.
2: Team song means we are done with the geocaching goodness, at least for today's show. And it's now time for a quick Sean update.
0: Well, we've shared with you before that Sean has always loved his stuffed animals. He does. And uh, one indication of him growing up mm. and getting bigger is... He's just not as into them anymore. No. But I have to say, I mean, there's some that are very special to very him special. based on, you know, either he bought them with his own money mm-hmm. or they represent, you know, somebody gave it to him mm-hmm. or some of the ones like he's always saved his money and bought a stuffed animal like when he have gone to some of the national parks. Yes. So um, a lot of those are, uh, are special to him. But he... He has a lot of stuffed animals. A lot. I mean, (laughs) a lot. As you can see by the picture that we'll share with you. So we had him bring all of the stuffed animals down from, from his room and we set it up and Sonny set it up for a really cool picture. Yeah. And, um, just to get an idea of all that he had, uh, in preparation for giving some
2: away. Yeah. And so these were going to be given away or mm-hmm. donated in in different ways. Actually, some of them in great condition. We're going to bag them up and use them as, as uh, cash, mm-hmm. as cash prizes, trading yeah. items or prizes. But there were so many, and he had to lay them out very strategically so that the large ones were in the back and the small ones were in the front. And there was still a lot. And I thought, you know, this is a little bit more than a smartphone picture. So I, I pulled out lights, c- camera um, uh, both photo gear, but also camera light, lighting, mm-hmm. lighting equipment, strobes and stuff like that. And so I think I got a decent picture with both him and Sela. Yeah, Selah <laughs> wanted to pose with him. <laughs> With the animals. Yeah, it came out pretty good. So go check out our show notes. You can see the pictures of the stuffed animals. A lot of them have already been uh, gotten rid of and delivered, but he still has a decent amount.
0: He still has a of, lot. A, and I, I think it was kind of like going down the memory, memory lane, lane for him. Because like, yeah. some of them have just been in a container in his room that he hasn't even looked at in a long time. That's true. They were, So pulling yeah. them all out was kind of like, oh, I remember this one. I remember yeah. this one. But... Yeah. You know, some younger kids will get some good enjoyment out of this. I have to
2: say, and there, it's it's a, it's bittersweet, isn't it? I mm-hmm, mean, you it know, your kid's twelve years old, and he's just not playing with stuffed animals anymore. But you know, <laughs> you, you got to move on. Right? You're hoping he's not going to take all of the stuffed animals with him to college. <laughs> That would be kind of embarrassing for, nope. for for everyone all around.
0: We'll just save a few special ones yeah. for when he grows up and has kids of his own. Yeah, there you
2: go. There you go. All right, guys. Hey, thank you so much for coming back and listening to podcast. We know you got a lot of entertainment options out there, and we do appreciate you being part of the podcaster community. We hope you enjoy the geocaching goodness we bring you each week. And do us a big favor. If you enjoy it, please let other geocachers know about it. We love to uh, hear about new listeners who've heard about podcaster through maybe a friend of theirs or a geocaching community and their area so all you have to do is point them to podcacher.com and let them find out all about the geocaching goodness we bring you guys each and every week all right guys get out there and find geocaches if appropriate in your area but stay safe so that someday when we all get through this all of us can keep on caching. bye
0: well, that's it for the show today. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to visit our website at podcaster.com. You'll find our show notes, useful links, and tons of resources. We always love to hear from you. Our email is at podcastergmail.com. You can also call the Podcaster Hotline at 760. 760- 300-3633 Find out all the ways you can contact us at podcastercom slash contact. Till next time stay safe and keep on cashing.